Hello everyone. Welcome back to See the Sunrise. This is season three in episode 16. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. We find in the book of Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse three, where the Lord speaks to the prophet while he is in prison. He says to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see Christ and to see that he is living and working in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have had challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives. Today, I want to talk to you from the book of Luke chapter 24. I'm going to read for you just a few verses. Bear with me. Verses 36 through 45. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement. He asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. I don't have to tell you how high gas prices have been lately, but the other day my husband told me to go to uh, one of these particular retailers because the pumps were malfunctioning and the price for premium gas, which is what my car uses, was the same as for regular unleaded. Nowadays, you have to save a few dollars wherever you can. So of course, first thing in the, the next morning, I rushed over there and he was right. The pumps hadn't been fixed and I got a bargain that day. It was too good to be true. Some, someone knocks on your door and says, You've just won $1 million from Publishers Clearinghouse. Probably like most people, you dismiss it because you have determined no one ever wins, so why should you believe it? And also bear in mind, you also never register to win. <laughs> or maybe you've heard your long lost uncle has died and left you a half million dollar inheritance. There are so many things that can be dismissed that's too good to be true a bad diagnosis, and yet when you return to your doctor months later, you find the doctor indicates that he or she saw nothing or whatever they saw was no longer there. You've just won the lottery, but until you turn in that ticket and have that money in your hands, you find it still too good to be true. You get on the bus and find the man of your dreams. Too good to be true, right? <laughs> right. Things that are perceived as too good to be true is because they're inexplicable. There's no logical explanation for the event. I have seen and experienced some miraculous things in my walk with the Lord. And sometimes I'm reluctant to share them or when I do share them, I feel like I'm trying to convince people of my experiences with God. And what I have learned is that you can't convince people of what you have seen or experienced 
if they don't have the confident belief in the power of God as you do. It's distressing because you want people to know how unbelievable yet believable it is or was. And you know, no other power could do what he does. Many people think that if something is too good to be true, it probably is, which is why I gave those examples in the beginning. Why do we choose not to believe when we receive such news or good news? Is it because we don't want to be disappointed? Or have we been preconditioned to believe that some things simply are impossible? Do you know why some people have difficulty believing the Bible, believing God or about Christ or about the Holy Spirit? It's because what God has done sounds and seems impossible or implausible. It doesn't seem reasonable or it's, they're just, we're just failing. They're, we're failing to convince them and they're failing to be convinced. Who can do the things that God does? Yet, evidence shows that he has done and will continue to do the impossible. It is a great physician or doctor who says, I've done what I can do, but there is power higher than myself. When, when have you heard stories where inexplicable healings or deliverances have occurred, which defy explanation? Last week, I heard a message entitled, What You See is What You Get. My pastor shared that message, and I'm going to leverage from that a little bit um, for this podcast. For a short recap, what he talked about, he shared with how the children of Israel were reluctant to move forward to receive what God had for them because of unbelief came from the book of Numbers, and it was talking about them possessing the promised land. They had experienced deliverance, but as they continued to move forward, they saw defeat. But God wanted them to see victory. It was their butts, literally and figuratively, that kept getting in the way of the miraculous plan of God. They lacked the faith, the strength, and the trust in the God who had already demonstrated or shown them his power and he'd done it time and time again, but they couldn't see it. They were walking and seeing with the limitations of human eyes. Looking at anything that God has for you with human eyes is a recipe for defeat and despair. So today, I would like to turn your attention to the scripture I read earlier, to another event that took place, and it's in the book of Luke. It is the time where all the things that Jesus had spoke to his disciples, those who had walked with him, those who had taught, he taught, um, those who had sat and listened to his preaching and teaching, all the things he's spoken is coming to pass and has come to pass. Some of it has already. He'd been crucified and he'd risen from the grave. The women who visited his burial site found that he wasn't there. There were two men in gleaming clothing and said, it says that it shone like lightning. And they told him, hey, he's risen. He's not here anymore. When they went to tell the men what they had saw, they didn't believe him. Why? Because it was too good to be true or simply nonsense. I'll tell you what. I'd rather believe in the nonsense of God than the truth of man any day. You can't understand the word of God until he gives you understanding. In Luke 24 and 45, he says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Man's logic, wisdom, and limited understanding will not lead to a belief in God or a belief in the impossible. The word of God can open your eyes, but also open your ears, not just audibly, but intrinsically, so that you are able to see and hear beyond human comprehension. You begin to hear with your spirit, which is the essence of God, that part that lives inside of you. You cannot hear the word of God without the spirit of God. 
I have to say that again. You can't hear the word of God if you don't have the spirit of God. Yes, you hear the words and you may have great command of the king's English, but until you hear in the language of God, you are left without understanding. That's why Jesus was sending his Holy Spirit, the helper. That helper would encourage the disciples and encourages us when things seems impossible. Let's go back in and, and examine why it was hard to believe what, what they, the disciples, could not see. You see, they couldn't understand because at the tomb was defeat. Their savior, their teacher, their Lord was dead. They weren't able to see beyond the death. He had succumbed to a fate of all humanity. We all as humans will die. They forgot or they didn't hear the part. Remember I say you have to hear intrinsically as well as audibly with your ears. <laughs> you ha they, they forgot or did not hear the part that Christ was, yes, human, but also God, a deity, the son of God the one who would defeat death. They heard it audibly, but not intrinsically within the, their spirit. But their human understanding said, that's impossible. It meant they, they decided, you know, this couldn't happen. It's, it, it's their understanding, their mental state was limited. You've probably heard the saying, seeing is believing. But you know, even when they saw Jesus, they still didn't believe. Since the disciples didn't see Jesus with their own eyes at the tomb, they were not going to believe it. But then Jesus appears and Jesus knew that 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 was why he had to appear to them. But yet there was still doubt. They had not received the translator, the interpreter, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. So there was nothing within them that was going to help with their unbelief. In Luke 24 and 40, when he said and he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet and they still couldn't believe it was him. Why? The Bible says it was, it was because of joy and amazement. Well, now, what does that mean? Well, they were so filled with emotion. They were so surprised that they still couldn't comprehend. They were unable to comprehend that Jesus was alive. They got all caught up in the hype. He really did rise from the dead. That's what they're saying, but they don't really fully get it. When you see Christ working and you're still questioning his work, you have to ask yourself, Am I really believing in the risen Savior or am I caught up in the excitement of what just happened, the hype? Jesus had to remind them that what he had told them and he had told them what was going to happen. He said in verse 44, this is what I told you while I was with you. Everything, and I quote, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. That's what Jesus said to them. But then he knew they didn't understand. And verse 45 says it all. And it really talks about the presence and the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I think I'm talking too fast, but I get so excited when I get these messages and, and being able to convey them to you. In verse 45, he says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. The triune God opened their understanding. He opened their mind. An open-minded person doesn't cling blindly to their beliefs in the face of challenge. Jesus had to remove the worldview. He had to take the blinders off that the world had placed over their eyes so that they could understand exactly what he had told them previously. You can be open-minded and still not know the truth. Until Jesus reveals it to you, you are walking around with blinders on. If you don't have the spirit of God in you, the Bible is nonsense foolishness to you. It is Christ who illuminates 
and the disciples needed Christ to understand the things that they were seeing and experience and experiencing. That's why it's hard. And I dare say impossible for a non-believer to believe in Christ. Their mind is already close to anything related to Jesus, the Bible or Christianity. My belief in Jesus is not based on personal opinion, but on facts that I've seen and experienced personally. And it is not what you say that necessarily draws people to Christ, but how you live and what you do. When you encounter Christ, you will never be the same. I guarantee you. You want to know why people think things are too good to be true? It is because they don't believe that they could be granted such good fortune. And that's true if you look at it with human understanding. I mean, how can God who looked at your raggedy life, my raggedy life, the sins we've committed, that I committed, that you committed, and deem us still worth saving, (laughs) is called grace and mercy. God's unconditional love and favor. There's some things I wish I could have a redo. But without the spirit of God, my behavior would not have changed. In fact, if I had never sinned, I wouldn't understand the love, grace, and mercy of God. And others would not feel that they could ever experience salvation. God has said some things to me that seem unfathomable. In other words, incapable of being fully understood. But I've been walking with him too long and seen some amazing, amazing things to doubt his power, to doubt his will and to doubt the favor he has given my life. So what about you? Let's get personal. What has Jesus said to you that sounds too good to be true? Are you giving him excuses of why you can't do something when he has already told you go and possess the land? When he has already told you it is me, I have risen from the grave when he's already told you what he's doing, when he's already told you to move forward? Are you like the Israelites when God told them to go in and possess the land or the disciples who had to see it, to believe it and still have doubts? Do you think it is supposed to be easy? Some things God has for you, you're going to have to fight for. Age is no limitation for God. A lowly status is not an inhibitor to God. Social class, financial position, lack of education. These are not limitations for our God. Inside of you lies the power to accomplish God's plan for your life. You mustn't be afraid. He already knows the outcome. And if he has assigned it to you, then you need not worry how things are going to turn out because everything really is going to be all right. It was too good to be true when God spoke someone out of impossible circumstances, out of a home filled with alcoholism and sickness, in a community with people with no hope and speaking to their life and tell them it's going to be okay, and then place them, place people in their life that would mentor them, that would see, could see the impossible and who believed in the in the possible. It was too good to be true. Yet, because of the spirit of God living in them, they believed that he could break the chain, the chain of poverty and move them to a place to be a spokesperson for the kingdom of God. Yes, God spoke into my life. It took a minute. I had the Jordan River crossings, the period of unbelief, the times I fleeced. But see, here's my but. When I knew, (laughs) but when I understood, when I knew who he was, who he is, that is when I believed. I believed him then and I believe him today. When I look back and see what he has done, I can't believe the, I can't but believe in the faithfulness of God. 
Even with the hiccups and many missteps, God has been good to me. He has been faithful to me and he will be to you. I'm so glad that he lives inside of me, talking to me, leading in the leading me in the path of righteousness. Yes, sometimes I miss him, but I tell you what, my God is so filled with grace and mercy. He gets me back on path. What has God spoken into your life? What are you standing on? What is too good to be true? Are you wavering in unbelief? What do you need to hear in order for you to step into the land of promise? If God said it, why not believe it? Maybe it's your children, your finances, your job, your health, your future. What do you see? Is what you see what you get? Is it too good to be true? If you don't have a confident faith in Christ, then yes, it is too good to be true. I hope you leave, I hope you, as you're hearing this today, saying, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Stand on his word and believe nothing is impossible. And I mean nothing. Everything he's promised, he can do. And it's not too good to be true because he said it and he will accomplish it. And don't forget, it's all about Jesus. It's all about ushering in his kingdom. Yes, you may receive some benefit from it, but it is for his will, for his purpose. If God has promised, just say yes. Until next time, brothers and sisters, God bless you and be sure to see the sunrise. See Christ in your everyday situations.